Hello and welcome to Under London's Ground, the podcast by archaeologists who love the city of London and all the weird, wonderful, amazing, quirky things that happen here. We will be sharing facts that we have grabbed out of history, dragged through time and present to you in podcast form. I am Paul Duncan McGarity, archaeologist, comedian and man! <laughs> and with me is uh, Amy Atkins, the powerhouse behind <laughs> Under London's Ground, um, which is also a, a very active <laughs> walking tour company yeah, yeah. as well. Uh, so here we have Amy Longshanks Atkins. For those who yeah don't don't get that, I, I'm six foot, so... <laughs> yeah, <great. laughs> So thank, yeah. thank you, Paul. It wasn't um, that you just enjoy, like, she just takes a long time eating a lamb shank. <laughs> um, hello, and welcome to the first episode, episode one, entitled Hangman and the Hall. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Worst impression of a ghost yeah, I've heard thanks. in a very long time. Um. And so shall we open with the, we both brought facts with us. Yep. Crucially that the other one, oh, they only know the punchline, sort of the headline of the fact. Yeah. So that's the yeah, crucial bit. So do you want to go with yours first? Yeah, I'll go with yeah, mine. Yeah, you go. So the fact I brought to you is that the uh, as part of the payment for a hangman, yeah. traditionally, uh, they were entitled to keep the condemned person's clothes. I mean, yep. immediate but, reaction. Yes. Gross. Yes. <laughs> do you want to know what's even grosser? Yes, absolutely. Right, what's even grosser is that they used to have to take that payment prior to the execution. So, so like, they'd take everyone's clothes. Like na- naked hanging? Yes, so naked hanging naked was the kind of thing. Okay. And that was fine. <laughs> fine. I mean, fine's probably not the right, right word. But that was fine if the execution was carried out. But there were occasions, uh, one specific one, where four individuals, the hangman had already taken his payment, i.e. all of their clothes, yeah. and then their pardon came through. And the hangman refused to give them their clothes back because, in basically from his side of things, well, I've come He'd out... he done his part, I've yeah. I've come out to do job. <laughs> so they all had to go find other But clothes. surely not actual naked hangings. Like, they, there there are other clothes, presumably. No, no. There was... The people would be Hung. stripped of the... Uh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Gross. Hanged. It doesn't... It, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't work in podcast form when you just give me the eyes of, I'm going to do something filthy. <laughs> Hey everyone, hung. hung. <laughs> but yeah, they would they would take they take the clothes mm. as payment, and obviously they'd have this this guy basically was told, well they've been they've been uh, they've been pardoned, give them their clothes back. He was like, no, no, these are my clothes now. <laughs> you know, like a kid who's licked it. <laughs> but so, did they get paid as well as? Yeah, so they, it was like a couple of perks. They got paid um, uh, like a nominal fee. Yeah. They uh, got the clothes, like a clothing, and allowance. they got the body. Yeah. They owned the body afterwards, and so okay. They could... No, no, go go back to that last one. Um, <laughs> they they what? <laughs> the hangman, as part of their perks, would own the body of the condemned, and then it was to, up to them. And this is like it would change through time from yeah, various laws, so. but um, when the only people who were able to be anatomized were condemned individuals when the only ones that were yeah, open yeah. to surgeons doing the uh, doing uh, thang, the autopsies yeah. doing their fang doing the thang, yeah. yeah that's how they yeah yeah royal college <laughs> of surgeons dum, 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 dum. hello we're here to do a thang, a thang. <laughs> if they got um, the hangman basically could sell the body to medical science or 
he could sell the body back to the family for burial. Oh. So you'd like you'd get bidding wars between the that's family actually, and That's actually quite a cushy job though. It's great. All you have to do is like just strip them nude. Okay. Not so much into that part. Strip but yeah. nude. <laughs> hang them. Hang yeah. And then haggle with the family. So basically money, yeah. all you need for that job is absolutely no moral fibre. Yeah. I think I think it's sounding quite appealing to be oh, honest. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um <laughs> you living in the past is such a terrifying <laughs> prospect. Um I remember reading actually that execution sites in London yeah. were kind of you had different ones associated with different types of crime. Right. So like Tower Hill yeah. was for traitors. Um, oh, <laughs> fancy! For, yeah, Smithfield was for heretics and witches, so like religious crimes. Yeah. Um, Execution Dock was for pirates. So they just leave you there as a warning to other pirates. So, yeah, but Execution Dock, the gallows are actually in the Thames because yeah. that's where the jurisdiction of the Admiralty started. Was in the Thames. Oh, because they were water based. Exactly. They were water based people. Not the people. Yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> mermen. Seamen. <Yeah>. Seamen. <laughs> Who hung? Do you know what the best thing is? Is that we've really opened up with a very highbrow episode. I know, we're like, we're archaeologists. We're experts in the past. <laughs> Hung. <laughs> Seaman. Come on. Like, genuinely, yeah. if archaeologists had a problem with dealing with penises, we would not be able to look at most art. Yeah, for, for if anybody doesn't know, and also quite a lot of artefacts, uh, people in the past loved penises. They put penises on everything, particularly... Yeah. Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penis but we everywhere. will get to that another day. We're yeah, talking that's, that's executions for another day. today. Yeah, let's move back to the, the lovely... Uh... <laughs> Enough of penises, more of the dead. Yeah, so you were talking about what you need to be a hangman, actually, as well. When, mm. in the early 1900s, yeah. hangings for men in London moved to Pentonville Prison. Right. And they also held one-week courses to become a hangman in the art of one hanging. One-week courses? Yeah, and then you could go off and hang to your heart's content. And yeah. get a new wardrobe and... Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. A one, one week course. It's so weird though, because if you actually look at like, the history of hangmen, the like Jack Ketch, for example, is probably the most famous executioner. Yeah. And he got kind of like I think he got suspended for being bad at his job. And then the guy who replaced him was only there for a, a small amount of time before he ended up getting executed for um stealing. The number of hangmen and executioners who end up themselves being executed. But no offence to any executioners listening out there. But We haven't <laughs> had one since Pierre Point, to I be don't. honest. Um, <laughs> but right, it's if not you're a doing hard it, If you're job. doing it kind of like freelance, amateur, you were a murderer. Yeah, that's, that's a matter for the police. But it's not, it's not a hard job. It's quite oh hard to God. get wrong. No, no, it's, it's definitely a no, hard but job. It's, it's, no, but in the days of like accident. Yeah. <laughs> have but, you ever heard of the execution of the Duke of Monmouth? No. Okay, so... The term uh, severance pay is not entirely linked to you photocopying your bum on the, the Christmas party and being <laughs> No, sorry, caught. just to clarify, I, did, I didn't do that. The, boi- the royal <laughs> you. One. Uh, one. <laughs> one. One. <laughs> so yeah, it's not just about uh, severance pay. One of the uh, potential origins for the term is the money that you bribe your executioner to do a good job cutting your head off. So like... Um, and the the story is that the Duke of Monmouth, like, paid off his executioner, but his enemies also got to him. And it turns out it was another cushy thing was to receive money from the person you were going to kill, 
and money from their enemy to do a bad job because it didn't matter because the guy, if you did a bad job, isn't going to come back like to oh, customer that's services. So awful, though. Yeah, yeah. So this is how bad a job the guy did. Apparently, the duke had his head on the execution block. The axe came down and was so blunt it bounced off the back of his head. That's and all right he, then. No, because he once he starts he keeps going, um. and he basically ha- sat up and was like, essentially. Um, Excuse me? What is this? <laughs> Can I speak to your manager? But the guy had to keep going. This is this is horrible, this story. The guy had to keep going because it was an execution. So you started, you yeah. see, you finish. And he hadn't brought any other axes with him. And he had to like... Du- du- bludgeoned du- 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 him, basically. Bludgeoned him through the neck with this ah. axe. Got halfway, right? So the guy's like a Pez candy dispenser. <laughs> Got halfway and then had the goal. The crowds turned up for an execution. They're like, we're here for an execution. That's quite a show, though, to be fair. No, because they turned on the execution. They were like, boo, bad job, boo. (laughs) Peer review. This is not what we came to see. This is gross. (laughs) Yeah, but people loved gross. Yeah, but this was, like, too far because, like... I mean, what to be fair, it's hard to know where the, the line is with an execution. The <laughs> line is where if it goes straight through, you know. They, yeah. they had, a, there's another one, possibly apocryphal. You, If you were a gentleman, you could pay for a swordsman. You could be executed by sword. Anne Boleyn was um, executed like, yeah, yeah. by French swordsman, wasn't she? And French there was, speak, yeah. I can't remember who it was, but there was one guy apparently asked to be done, stood up. And the swordsman went through him. Yeah. And then went, shake yourself, sir. It is done. And he kind of went, that, that sounds that like sounds like rubbish. PR, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> that sounds like the swordsman yeah. told that story. Anyway, so the execution, Duke of Monmouth is like bouncing around all yeah. over the place, and this guy's like, "I'm oh, sorry, everybody," and they're like, "Ah!" Um, and he, he, midway through the execution, the executioner had the gall to say to the crowd that is turning on him. Yeah. Clearly, God does not want him to die today. He's left him like half head on, half head off. It's a good excuse, though, to be fair. Yeah, and tried to leave the scaffold. And the crowd went, no, 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 you've started so you'll finish. He tried to leave the scaffold when the guy was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he basically was like, he knew he had a blunt axe and he was was like not going through. But like many executioners, he was a... um, He had a day job and he was a butcher, which again, a lot of them had the day job of being butchers. So he just got his carving knife, like sat on his neck and just... It was like, behold, the head of a, uh, you know, and you can imagine the crowd like going 20 like, minutes later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the crowd being like, girl, one job. Yeah. <laughs> Encore. Yeah, yeah, Do him now. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, um, it was a, it was a great, it was, it basically had a lot of perks being an executioner. But it's a bit weird to think that, because obviously we think of this as being a very long time ago. Yeah. It's a bit weird to think that actually, Hanging, the last hanging in Britain yeah, was in yeah. 1964. Yeah, That's the year my mum was born. Mate, there's so many bizarre things. You know, the last, like, you know, stuff that you think has happened so long I ago. I know, I know. Do you know which one I'm about yeah, to yeah. say? Do, do, you know, do you know when the last prosecution for witchcraft in the UK I was? I know, I'm not, no, when was that? The last prosecution for witchcraft was in the 40s. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, in the 1940s. Someone <laughs> was. Uh, we'll talk about, I'll do it in, at do it in, in another, another episode. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But you know that actually capital punishment, so capital punishment was repealed, I think, in 1965. And then, yeah. but except for treason. And the only time that capital punishment fully got abolished for treason for everything was 1998. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, because I, I was tr- a treasonous child. <laughs> I bet. Uh, yeah. You are Scottish. Uh, <laughs> Boo. I'm not Scottish. <laughs> 
Not boo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> lost. Yeah. We've lost the North of the Ball. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, can we move on to a slightly much a s- less macabre note? A much less macabre note. And let's note. move on to uh, my fact about bodybuilding. So the Royal Albert Hall hosted the world's first bodybuilding competition, which was judged by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. What? Writer of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously the Royal Albert Hall is that iconic concert venue in South Kensington, was built by Queen Victoria and was going to be called... With the her s- own hands. <laughs> brick by brick. Um, and Sick she, forearms, that woman. <laughs> she renamed it for Prince Albert after he died. Yes. Um, what was it called before the Central Hall of Arts and Sciences. Oh. Royal Albert Hall has a slightly catchy uh, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. And now, but like, how many things did she then, like, I don't, I don't want you to give me a complete list, yeah. but genuinely, oh, he died know. and she went around the country going, that's Albert, that's but Albert. But it was part of Albertopolis. The museums. The, well, yeah, he, so he wanted lots of museums to build, uh, be built after the Great Exhibition and he proposed this site and then mm. she called it um Oh, well, that Royal makes Albert sense. Hall. Yeah. But she did name a lot of things Albert. Oh, yeah. So the, the hall... breakfast is called Albert now. <laughs> I'm going to eat it, sadly. Um, so the hall is now um, sort of like an emblem of music, venue, like a music concert yeah, hall. Yeah, yeah. But actually, after it first opened, it was famous for having really terrible acoustics. Really? Yeah, and it was jokingly known as the only place where a British composer could be sure of hearing his work twice because the echo was so bad. <laughs> and actually, I know, I love that. Um, but it was only resolved in 1969 when they put some like you know those like funky coloured discs in the ceiling. Yeah, they're f- like fiberglass discs to sort of Make take the some sound. Of the sound. Yeah, not it was awful. really awful, and it was built as sort of like a yeah music venue. Yeah. You know, it's also like one of the like early places that um, British professional wrestling was put on. Well, you're getting onto my my fact because um, <laughs> this is it. Because everyone's like. I'm actually up for going to see um, the ballet. Uh, yeah. Michael Ball and a concert at the Royal Albert Hall. Ball of the Hall. <laughs> so the very first major bodybuilding competition was held at the hall in 1901. Yeah. Which yeah was bizarrely judged by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and there were 60 men who competed for a prize of 1,000 guineas. You said 1901. 1901. Like, what is bodybuilding? What does that well, look I've like seen in 1901? Photos and it's like the stereotype. Like leopard print, <laughs> like suit or sort of like weird loincloth thing, uh, yeah. like handlebar moustaches, black tights, the whole shebang. Yeah, yes. it's really something. Arthur Conan Doyle going, this gentleman this is really <laughs> has truly involved himself in the calisthenics. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, lifted those incredibly round weights that we see in cartoons. Yeah, it's just quite strange. I mean, they are ripped, don't get me wrong. I thought they were going to be quite like, ooh, really? I'm <laughs> but no, like they are quite who, ripped. This man wants ate celery. Yeah. He's so I've, strong. If you want to see some, yeah, 1901 fit men, I recommend you take a look. Right, wow. Um, Is that your <laughs> My recommendation from the, for the week. <laughs> um, but in the course of researching this fact, I found some other massive claims to fame for the horse. So you've just mentioned the wrestling one. Yeah. Um... But the Beatles and the Rolling Stones performed on the same bill for the one and only time in history in 1963. At the Royal Albert Hall? Yeah, yeah, the Royal Albert Hall. That'd be an interesting gig. I think that'd be amazing. I feel like their crowds had, like, maybe hadn't diverged at that point. I'd like to see them like <laughs> at the height of their powers I know. later on. Just lots of screaming girls and lots of angry bikers. Yeah, yeah, the, the conflicting... Um, 
Yeah. They, they certainly went off in different directions after that. Um, but Pink Floyd were banned from playing at the Hall again right. after their show in 1969 because they fired cannons, they nailed <laughs> things to the stage, and so they were banned from performing again, yeah, which yeah. I quite like. Do you know I performed at the Royal Albert Hall? What? Yeah. I performed Who at the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> Who are you? Paul Duncan McGarrity. Paul Duncan McGarrity. Because they've opened up this um, new room that's like not the main hall. Oh, but so it's, like not, in, it's not. No, no. The, the number of people who is like so they've they've opened up the Elgar room yeah. to a smaller performances. Okay. But everyone I know who's been in there is like I've actually performed at the Royal Albert <laughs> <level>. Hall. <laughs> to be you, fair, you would do that. Yeah, you can't take away yeah, from it. It's in that. the same goddamn building. It might be next to the bar, but it's it, it's important. Yeah. It's there. It's yeah. in it's in the walls. It's definitely not what they originally thought. No, I was dressed as Voldemort. It was a really weird day. <laughs> was it that show? Yes. At least it wasn't your naked show. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other uh, claims to fame? Oh, uh, for 20 years, yeah. the Royal Albert Hall hosted the Eurovision Song Contest. 20 no, years? No, no, I've got my facts mixed up. Let's rewind. In 1968, the Hall hosted the Eurovision Song Contest for one year. Yes. <laughs> we didn't win it for 20 years in a row, I can assure you. I was going to say, um, an unbroken 20-year record <laughs> I'm not aware of. Uh, and for 20 years, from 1969, it hosted the Miss World contest. Oh, that's very different. I'm always getting those two confused, Miss World yes. and Eurovision. I would um, absolutely have given my right leg to listen to Terry Wogan during the commentary <laughs> for Miss World. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if you would. <laughs> Let's not speak ill of the dead. Um, perhaps my favourite, other than the Arthur Conan Doyle bodybuilding competition. Again, I, I want to know what his. I want to know what his. What his credentials? Yeah. Why is Arthur? Why is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? Was Arthur Conan Doyle ripped? <laughs> was he like author? I've broken another pen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Every book in his original version is, and then. He Holmes, had a protein shake. Uh, Holmes just punched him to death. Take that, Moriarty. Smack, smack. Oh, I'm so angry from these Victorian roids I'm on. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so the, the, my second favourite one that I think you will very much enjoy is that in 1891, the Royal Albert Hall house hosted the first sci-fi convention. When? In 1891. They haven't got enough sci for the five. No, it sounds weird. Go on. So it was called The Coming Race and Vril Yar Bazaar and Fate. Say that again. It was called The Coming Race and Vril Yar Bazaar and Fate. Uh, So it was an event to bring people together inspired by a science fiction story by Lord Lytton. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hall was turned into the city of Vril Yar. And there were stalls with like themed magic shows, fortune telling. So it was kind of was like the world's first Comic Con. In 1891. That's amazing. I know. I would imagine Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would be at that, not at that. Maybe he turned up <laughs> like a few years late, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you'll do." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, uh, Doctor Who was actually signing uh, <laughs> things. You're a nerd. Mm, nerd. Yeah. Should we move on to some? Quick facts. Quick fire facts. But before we do, um, we just want to take this opportunity to tell you very quickly uh, about the other work that Under London Ground does. Um, why don't you uh, lead us off on that? So, Paul and I, both yeah, archaeologists, both live in London, love, love what we do, love the city that we're in. And so we run guided walking tours um, that tell you about what's been found under London's ground across the city. Um, the tours are themed. 
Um, so what tours got, do we have? We've got <laughs> we've got a Roman London tour. <laughs> Let's do this properly. Yeah. Oh wow, that sounds amazing. That's such good value. Um, we we'll haven't have, said how much it's worth. <laughs> I assure you, it's very good value. <laughs> um, we have a Roman London tour. We have the history of entertainment through the ages in London, and we have an archaeology of death tour for all of you who enjoyed the, frankly, alarming amount of time we spent talking about Hangman. Um, <laughs> yeah, so give us a follow on Instagram as well, where we post interesting facts, uh, which is at Underlondon's Ground. Yep. Um, and we have a website, which is underlondonsground.com, um, for you to check out news um, and book. Walking tours there. Wonderful. And now let's finish as we finished every episode so far. (laughs) As this is the inaugural episode, yeah. With our quick fire fire facts facts to send you on your way. So the first one is Jon Snow. Not that one. Who famously... (laughs) Jon Snow, who famously identified the cause of the cholera outbreak in Soho, also invented chloroform. I love that. He's a very talented guy, that Jon Snow. Yeah. People say he knows nothing. Yeah, no. <laughs> One of us was going to get there first. Yep. It was going to be you. Uh, people say he knows nothing. You're awful. Um, so, my quick fire fact. Up until 1980, all banks operating within the City of London had to have an office within 10 minutes walk of the Bank of England. This was so that if there was a crisis, the chief executive of every bank could be at a meeting at the Bank of England within 30 minutes. Brilliant. Guess you don't need to know you've got Skype. <laughs> <laughs> bit unnecessary now but yeah so that's it thank you very much thank for joining you so us much for listening on the first episode of under london's ground from me paul Garrity, and from you amy atkins we wish you well and we hope that you find something interesting near you you've been listening to the under london's ground podcast you can find us on instagram at under london's ground and on our website unsurprisingly under london's ground where you can book to have a tour of London given to you by an archaeologist. The music you've listened to through this podcast was provided by Brown Boots. Check them out if you can. <laughs>